Entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know. It's the TC Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then uh... prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why it's funny? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me? Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. That's the result you're gonna get. It's the doctor, TC Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh the doctor laugh. is now in. And it is a Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's terrible. Got some terrible Tuesday takes for you, as you know. Glad to have you with us wherever you may be. Game one of the NBA playoffs, the Western Conference semifinals tonight. Probably the most anticipated series starts tonight with the Golden State Warriors hosting the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, it is Steph versus LeBron, what, part five? Looking forward to that. We will diagnose that, get into that. Warriors have the home court advantage in game one tonight, 7 o'clock in San Francisco. And before that, Miami will try to take a 2-0 lead over the New York Knickerbockers and the Knicks back in the playoffs hosting at Madison Square Garden. So a couple big-time games tonight in the NBA. We'll touch upon that. Chuck Esposito will join us over at Red Rock, get his uh, thoughts and take on that. Alan Snell is going to join us, Las Vegas' very own from LV Sports Biz, and we will talk to him about some latest news that came out of the Oakland A's stadium situation here in Vegas. And the NFL Draft, we finally put a bow on that and recap it with the best person to do that, bar none, Trevor Maddich from ESPN, the 15-time Emmy Award winner. Again, you're not hearing from columnists, you're not hearing opinions, you're hearing from the guys who broke down tape who's seen these guys play in college and from a 12-year NFL veteran like Trevor Maddich as well, too. He'll break it down, tell you uh, about the future, and we will really focus on the Las Vegas Raiders selections, nine of those selections, and the draft, of course, concluded on Saturday. All right, we've got that going. TC with you. Numbchuck on the other side of the proverbial glass, making it happen for you. And, uh, yeah, a lot happening, a lot to do today. But um, before... We get into a terrible Tuesday, kind of a, a segue, the breaking news uh, today. Still one of those sad stories, and unfortunately, around draft time, we talk about this because this gentleman who was a Las Vegas Raider draft selection going back a couple years ago, and we're talking about Henry Ruggs III. Well, he was in court today, and uh, the update on Henry Ruggs, the former Raiders wide receiver, unconditionally waived his right to a preliminary hearing today and will plead guilty to one count of driving under the influence, resulting in the death and one count of a misdemeanor vehicle manslaughter in the 2021 case in which he was accused of killing Tina Tintor in a car crash along with her dog, Max, back on November the 2nd, 2021. You remember Henry Ruggs driving 156 miles per hour down Rainbow Boulevard, just west of the Las Vegas Strip. Um, Alcohol, potentially drugs involved, just a tragic story where Tina Tintor and her dog in their vehicle, the Toyota RAV4, burned, and uh, they were burned to death in that just horrific accident. Now, according to a plea agreement, Ruggs, will serve three to ten years for the crime he committed in a Nevada state prison. The case now moves to the 8th District uh, Court for a hearing on May the 10th when he's expected to formally plead guilty. But this has been going on a long time. There was actually six different postponements from what we finally got today. Uh, Ruggs has been on house arrest he has been allowed to go to a workout facility here in Las Vegas um, two times a week for three hours at a time. Can you imagine if you're at that workout facility? And I mean, you think about seeing him and then just him being in the public like that. And yeah, just 
still hard to deal, you know, with this story. And I say we we talk about this around draft time because obviously, you know, the the Raiders drafted Rugs and they thought he was going to be, you know, the speedy wide receiver for many many years to come. Paid him a lot of money coming out of the University of Alabama, and then you know he had that Jalen Carter situation, and with the Rugs situation fresh on everyone's mind, the Raiders, you know, smartly so decided not to draft Jalen Carty. Carter, who was in a drag race incident a few months back uh, after Georgia won the national championship, and he was involved, even though he personally did not kill two people, but two staff members were killed drag racing, and uh, he was involved in that. So they stayed away from that. But then, you know, when we hear updates with Henry Ruggs, uh, here's the latest what's going on. I think some people are going to be taken aback by this when they hear that it's a minimum of three, you know, three years to 10 years. I mean, what should this guy be doing? I mean, he killed a person driving 156 miles an hour. He's pleading guilty, of course, because he's guilty. He's got no other play in this. And part of the plea deal was the woman that was in his car, all right, they, they dropped the charges for her injuries. So... And then reckless driving, they kind of dropped that as well, too. So uh, his attorneys negotiated, I guess, a better, a good deal for Ruggs. But three to ten years does seem rather light. Because if this thing would have gone to jury trial, it could have been up to 50 years that he could spend in prison. So anyway, yes, uh, so that uh, that came down earlier today, so... Uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, unfortunately, uh, still in the news hearing about that. All right. A lot to hit on today's show. And like I said, it's a terrible Tuesday. It's terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Okay, well, Dylan Brooks from the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, I said formerly of the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Yes. Well, his reputation and his career has changed dramatically within the last two weeks. All right? Dylan Brooks. Remember what he said about LeBron James after game two? I guess what, what were you thinking? I don't care. He's old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he should have been saying that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board. That was after game two. Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies. The series is tied one game apiece at that time. And Dylan Brooks had no respect for LeBron James, all right? So let's break down the timeline here. So Brooks calls out LeBron right there after game number two, all right? He dismisses him as being old. And then what happens in game three? Now, LeBron James, he kind of wants to fire back a little bit. Brooks says, bring it on. Game three happens, all right? And the series shifts to Los Angeles. Game three, Dylan Brooks is ejected from that game for hitting LeBron James in the nuts. That's right, ejected. And he has his head down saying, really? Are you kidding me? I'm going to get ejected for that? Well, and again, you look at the video, you don't know if it was intentional or not, but the bottom line is, swipe to the ball, James is bringing the ball up the court, swipes at the ball, hits him in the gonads. You like nuts? You like gonads? What do you like better? Package? Either one. What? Either one. Groin area? You like that? But now, in his defense, was it a real cup? Vicious? Cup? No. Was no. it a real cup check? First of all, these players need to wear cups. Yeah. Back in the day, they used to wear cups. All right. You're not going to wear a cup. You're just you're just putting your jewels out there uh, for this type of uh, stuff to happen. And we see it a lot in games. You know, we see elbows, we see punches, we see inadvertent hands. 
You know, you see that stuff. I didn't jock, think- jock it up a little bit, you know, put a cup in there like they did back in the day. I think LeBron just played it up a little bit because of oh, the situation. No question. You know it. There's no question about that. LeBron playing it up? No doubt. All right. But anyway, this story's about Dylan Hammerager Brooks. All right. So he does that, gets ejected, has another poor game in game six in which the Lakers obliterate Memphis by 40 points. Drill pressed him 125 to 85 and thus eliminating the Grizz from any further postseason affairs. 4-2, Lakers win the series. Now, after the elimination, Memphis has their exit interviews. Well, they decide to fine Dylan Brooks $25,000 for skipping media interviews and even skipping a, a portion of the exit interviews. Okay? During the portion that he did get a chance to talk to management and coaching staff, he did say he did not regret what he said about LeBron James. Not a good look for the Grizzlies, especially you lit the fire under James and you get eliminated in six games. So, the Grizzlies come out and say they will not re-sign Dylan Brooks to a contract next year under any circumstances. Today, they say goodbye to Dylan Brooks. Now, think about where this guy was. He comes in the league from Oregon. Very good college career. He came in as a second-round draft pick by the Grizzlies. He was the 45th pick taken overall. Now, a few years later, gone. Gone off of this team. Which, if he would have played his cards right, would have kept his mouth shut, probably would have been okay. Because the guy is a decent player. But look what he did in this series. So after he called out James, here's what he did in those next four games. 7, 11, 8, and in game 6 he scored 10 points. Memphis lost three of those four games. All right? Here's the dealio. You didn't need to do that. You didn't need to light the fire. But how about this? All right? Just shut up and play. That's all you got to do. Just shut up and play. All right? You think John Morant, you think the coaching staff of the Memphis Grizzlies wanted to hear Dylan Brooks run his mouth and insult, you know, the guy, not only one of the best players in the history of the NBA, but the guy that you're going against and the series is tied one game apiece and you're going to get John Morant back? Nah, you don't need that bulletin board material. And what do you think your teammates think about that? Like, man, because a lot of those guys like LeBron James. They look up to LeBron James. It's a very young team. And you're acting like that you're better than him. You're not going to give anybody respect. You're going to call the guy old. He put a 20 and 20 on you. 20 points and 20 rebounds right after that as well, too. I mean, just ludicrous what goes through some of these players' minds. But yeah, he's always been a me-first guy. He's not a real good teammate. You know, cheap shot artist is, you know, what we found out now, too. But now going forward, it'll be interesting to see who picks up Dylan Brooks. And I say who because somebody will. Somebody's going to pick him up, all right? And he's going to do a song and dance and say, hey, my bad. You know, I got my my let my emotions get the best of me. I'll change. I'll be better. Because he tried that routine with the Grizzlies during the exit interview. And they said, thanks, but no thanks. You're embarrassing. You're gone. He's out of here. Any shot he lands in L.A.? I don't know where he would land, but would he be a teammate of Dylan Brooks? Is that what you're saying? Any I mean... You know, with with today's NBA, you never know. I mean, do you think Russell Westbrook would be bouncing around the way he's been bouncing around? A Laker, a Clipper, you know, start off OKC, I mean, all these other places. I think James Harden would be making his tour around the Eastern Conference. Oh. And James Harden goes off for 45 last night as a 10-point underdog in Philly gets the victory. Craziest. Yeah, so that's the NBA. It is total downright crazy. All right, let's talk more NBA. First-round playoff game. Game 5, back to last Tuesday night. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are going for a closeout game victory here. Now, they're leading the series three games to one. All right? Denver leads the game with seconds remaining 112 to 109. 
Minnesota guard Anthony Edwards puts up a game-tying shot at the horn. Rimmed out. No good. Right? Doesn't go in, and the Wolves are eliminated by the Denver Nuggets. Then the situation gets worse for Anthony Edwards. As he's heading to the locker room, probably to some jeers from the crowd in Denver, but nothing malicious. I don't, you know, they didn't instigate this. Edwards is mad because they lost the game, because they're eliminated, and because he missed the game-tying shot. He finds a folding chair where a security guard was sitting, but now the security guard is now up, you know, doing his job. He takes the folding chair, heaves it into the crowd, and injures two Ball Arena employees. Ball Arena is where the Denver Nuggets play. Injures two female employees for chucking a chair in the stands. He did not chuck it into the stands. He kind of grabbed it and folded it and kind of just placed it. <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't a chuck. Are, are you giving him a pass? I no no. I'm just saying like I agree because they did get injured. He it, picked up a folding chair, a pretty heavy one too, by the way. You know, and he decided to basically strike two employees. How's that? Two female employees. I don't think he was meaning to hit them at all. You don't think so? No. But he, he did. He just kind of grabbed it and like folded it and then just kind of like threw it. It wasn't like, it wasn't a chucking situation at all. He injured two employees, right? Bruised knees. <laughs> bruised shins. That's all I'm going to say. Why are you trying, bruised to, why are you shins. trying to back out of this? Third degree assault uh, is filed against Edwards. All right, so he's he's cited for third degree assault. The incident occurred as Edwards was, like I said, heading towards the Wolves' locker room after the loss uh, with the folding chair. Fortunately, though, the injuries were not serious. Edwards is scheduled for a June 9th court date in Denver. Third degree assault is a Class One misdemeanor in the state of Colorado, defined as knowingly or recklessly causing bodily injury, which he did. If convicted, Edwards faces possible jail time and uh, a fine of up to $1,000, which is really nothing for an NBA player. But again, just here's the point of the matter. This is terrible because it shouldn't happen. You should have your composure. You shouldn't be jabbing chairs, chucking chairs, doing whatever. And there it is. He picks it up. He spins around and he threw the chair. Didn't poke jab, picked it up and threw the chair. Now, that's one thing, okay, for this player to do. He's an imbecile for doing it. You just don't do it. And then what's he do? Does he come back, do anything? No. Continues running to the locker room like a coward. Just ridiculous. All right. Now, you've got other incidents that have been happening this past week in arenas as well, too. Fights have been going on in the arena. Now, we've got... Two locations where this nonsense has been happening. Between the first round series between Phoenix and the Clippers in the elimination game, I don't know if you want to get up the, the video or not, Numchuck, but who's beating who? But somebody is beating senseless another fan. Both are wearing jerseys in the Phoenix Clippers series. And this guy is just wailing away on this guy in the stands. All right? So that happened. And then also in Memphis, between the Lakers and the Grizzlies, where this fan is just blasting this fan in the face, and there's some serious damage that are that are done. Obviously, alcohol is involved because you you see these guys with beers in their hands, or you know sitting in front of their seats there in the uh, the holders. And in both of these incidents. Do you see anybody come to the rescue of a fan stepping in later on after this guy is getting beaten down for about 30 seconds or so? And it looks like, okay, this guy's incapacitated. Then some guy says, okay, you better stop that. But here's my question. Where is security with all this? Where is security? They're nowhere to be found. If you look at any of these videos in both these incidents, but this isn't just a pushing and shoving match. This guy's, these two guys are getting their faces beat down. They're getting thrown, they're, they're getting chairs thrown at them. That's what, that's where security's at. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, this is right in the middle of of a game, and they're and they're just they're getting they're getting pummeled, and nobody does nothing. Now, I'd like to hear if these gentlemen were uh, finally you know ejected or evicted, but it's a joke, and too many. You know, I talked about the fight a, a few weeks back, where there's like three or four different fights breaking out in the Plant Benavides fight. It's like, and security is really slow coming around. I don't know if they don't want to get involved or, or, or what the deal is, but that's what you're there for. You should not, whether you're drinking or not, okay, if you say something, you're rooting for the wrong team or the wrong fighter, whatever, you shouldn't have to fear for your life in these situations. But that's exactly what's going down. And if and everyone has a, phone, uh, has a camera now, so it's out there. But yeah, go back and look at those videos and see what's happening. And you see nothing. I haven't heard any arrests being made in those situations, but pretty ridiculous. All right. How ridiculous is this? All right. Speaking of the NBA, we go to the broadcasting side. We go to the, uh, the TNT crew with Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and of course, Shaquille O'Neal. Now, these guys like to have fun. What's the best part of this is, Maybe not so much the breakdown, because you don't get too much of that. But, you know, I get it. You're being entertained specifically by Shaq and Barkley, where Shaq is, has openly said he basically didn't have any love for Charles Barkley. So these guys go at it all the time. But this one took a little different, different turn last week with uh, Shaq uh, being accused and openly admitted that... Uh, had a little snafu going. Charles and Kenny and Shaq, who is uh, who is trying to recover from. Uh, I'm not going to order that lasagna anymore. My boy Slice got me some bad lasagna. Are you kidding me? Sorry, <laughs> you kidding me, man? I'll just light a little fire over there. No, oh no, my God! It's not, that's the last thing you want to do. Oh, Slice. Uh, get to the American hey, Express. Hey, you need to go to the film room. Nah, too late. <laughs> <laughs> I already went. I went right here in my seat. <laughs> oh, no. Just playing America. <laughs> Don't smell like it. I mean, what? <laughs> Didn't I already call? So Shaquille O'Neal obviously, uh, you know, was dropping some bombs. I right, played a little gap band there, dropping some bombs, stinking up the set. This guy is farting. He's farting during the set and he's making jokes about it. Here's more. From Barkley, Ernie, Kenny, and Shaq. Kenny, you know my favorite cartoon character? What's that? Fart Simpson. Oh. Uh. No, but you know what? What? Your suit is illustrious. Doodoo Brown. <laughs> Even more so now. Rehearse that, Ernie. more so now. So, uh, tell me why Golden State's got the whole America would ever sit on television and let everyone know he passed gas. No, Other than him. I didn't pass gas. No. I farted. Okay, whatever, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Way to be grammatically correct. Well, anyway, I got my... Uh, so, Ernie Johnson is just trying to, like, okay, let, let's get back here. Let's get back to highlights. And, yeah, Shaq wants to tell everyone that uh, he's farting on the set. Pretty humorous. Pretty entertaining. But uh, I, don't, I don't know if you want to... Uh, Pass and then again, just going, you know, saying, okay, they're trying to be correct and say pass gas. He goes, No, I farted, you know, doo doo brown. That's it's <laughs> fart Simpsons, fart- greatest thing like, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's entertainment at its finest in the post game there on TNT <laughs> NFL draft. All right. So draft just completed last weekend, you know, and once we get past the first round, the NFL are trying to find ways to really spice up the broadcast, you know? See how, where I went there was spice up the broadcast after... I see what you're doing yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know, but, but uh, I, look, I've never done that with you as well, too, you know? And you've been pretty good as well, too. You should control yourself, you know, pretty good. I don't know if it's because it's late nights over there at the TNT studio. I mean, it's like past midnight or I have no idea. But maybe because we're middle of the day, we, we don't have those issues. But thank goodness. But anyway, back to the NFL draft. Once you get past the first round, 
The NFL feels that they need to do some things to keep people's interest in watching this, especially on Saturday when you're dealing with now rounds three through seven. And of course, the ratings are there for round number one on Thursday night. Everybody wants to see who the first round pick is, but most people aren't going to hang with the draft on Friday. They got better things to do. And especially on Saturday, you know, watching rounds four through seven. So what do they do? They try to bring in former players. They try to bring in maybe charity spokespersons to announce the pick for, you know, these other rounds. Okay. But I think we've reached an all time new low here. What occurred in this past draft. They're bringing out fans. They're bringing out fans to announce the pick. All right. And which team had a fan announce their third round pick? The Las Vegas Raiders about to make the second pick here in the fourth round. They're the booze. They don't like that in Kansas City. Raider Nation! Viva the Raiders! Let's do it. With the 104 pick in the 2023 NFL draft, Las Vegas Raiders, Miss Raiders, select Jacorian Bennett, defensive back, Maryland. Yeah! So, how do you like that? So, question for you. Yes. Did he say wonderful pick? No, 104 pick. Oh, 104. Not the 104th pick. 104 pick. I thought he said wonderful pick. In the 2023 draft. The guy's from Mexico. He's not even from here. Why are we going to get a guy from Mexico to, to make the pick? Now, here's the best part, or I should say the worst part. The terrible part. They put up his name. And they put up his occupation underneath. What do you think it was? Does he work in a restaurant? <laughs> Look at you. You're like, so I, afraid. I, I, no, you're, I just don't you're like. You're so timid when you say it. Does like, he does he work in a restaurant? Well, I don't think he works in a restaurant. No. He, does he own a restaurant? I don't think he owns a restaurant. No. He, I think he has something to do with restaurants, though. Does he do dishwash? No. <laughs> no. Now I'm trying to think of... Are you being stereotypical here? No. Okay, good. I, no. Does he own the taco? He owns taco? nothing. He owns nothing. Do you know what he owns? It gave his name and said, Influencer from Mexico. He's an influencer. Is his name Jose? I don't know. Look up his name. Do well, you know him? Well, I know he made, he made the the uh, 104th pick. All right, and how do you feel if you're Jacorian Bennett, the cornerback from Maryland? Here, I right? this is a guy. This is the moment of your life. You'd like to have Roger Goodell announce it, or maybe the deputy commissioner, or maybe out a hall Hall of Famer. You got plenty of Raider Hall of Famers. You could do that. Why not? Instead, you get an influencer from Mexico. To come over and boo you. It's in Kansas City, right? It's in Kansas City. All right? The rivalry, the Raiders, the Chiefs. Think about it. If you're this young man, Jacorian Bennett, and you're going to save this tape for the rest of your life, and you get some ham hog that's getting booed that sounds like a jabroni, can't even speak proper English, and he's announcing the Raiders pick? That's terrible. It's just not the Raiders. No, okay, but it's anyone else that's going and, and having these guys announce these picks. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. These are huge moments in these players' lives to get announced, to get up and walk the runway or on the stage, or even if you're home, all right? It's crazy. You know what one of my favorite draft pick moments is? What? The Pat McAfee when he went to Nashville and he goes, I'm not going to talk about Indianapolis beating 
anybody because I didn't have anything to do with that because I never played because I'm a punter right. and we never punted. Right. It was just like the greatest thing yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. But here we go. If you're a former player, there might be some drunk Chiefs fans that may boo some, uh, you know, going to boo a former Raider player, but but not like this. It's a fan. So fans are going to take it out on fans because A, we don't like you Raider fans. Heck, we, we're fighting. Fans are fighting in the stands at all these games, right? And they're jealous too. Hey, how come that guy gets to come over from Mexico and make a pick and I didn't get a chance to make a pick for my team? So you get all this animosity going on, right? All this testosterone going on. And this guy butchers the, the, the pick, the name. I mean, just, and here's the thing. Do you really think that this is entertaining? All right. NFL Productions, is this going to make you want to hang and watch the next pick? Oh, who's going to make the next pick? Okay, you want to involve a charity? This, you don't need to do any of it. Okay, just have a moderator or somebody in the NFL office announce the picks or a professional announcer. Huh? Is that a good idea? To have Don Pardo do it. Anybody do it because they probably won't butcher the name because you know what they are? A professional announcer. They're not an amateur influencer. Why does that irritate me so much? Because you're an announcer. Exactly. <laughs> and it came across stupid as a representation of your team. Ah! I said ah! Thank you very little. <laughs> uh, Florida Panthers are limiting tickets to the visiting team in a bid to prevent their arena from being overrun. From the people up north, Toronto Maple Leafs are playing the Florida Panthers. Congratulations to the Panthers eliminating the Boston Bruins in the first round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, round number two comes, and what do they get? They get the Toronto Maple Leafs, a huge fan base, one of the original six teams, right? But this move, the Florida Panthers are saying, we don't want Toronto fans coming down from Canada. So what we're going to do is say, no. If you're Canadian, we're not going to let you purchase a ticket. All right? We're going to restrict the ticket sales for home games in Florida to residents of only the United States of America. Wow. Is that a little political? Well, I get it. You don't want your home ice to turn into visiting ice advantage because, yeah, there's probably more Maple Leaf fans that will come to sunny Florida to watch this series. Maple Leafs are known for having a devoted fan base that regularly shows up in large numbers when the team goes to Florida. All right? But fans of the Maple Leafs, who are now in the second round for the first time since 2004, will now have to seek tickets through a secondary ticket market if they want to cut into the Panthers' home ice advantage. Here's the uh, event info notice All right, on Ticketmaster's website. It said sales for the games in Sunrise, Florida will be restricted to those living in the United States and that residency will be based on credit card billing address. There you go. If your address says Ontario, Canada, you're not getting a ticket. So, dumb question. Okay. Couldn't I, who live in Canada, yeah. ask you to buy the tickets? Yeah. And then here you go. Sure. Thank you. You can circumvent that rule. Sure. You know what I'm like? Yeah, you can. Yeah. But in how many people do they know that, you know, coming from Canada that know people in the United States? I don't know. But uh, yeah, Toronto's going to host the first two games of the series starting tonight and Thursday will be game two uh, before the action shifts to Florida for the weekend. These two games coming up. I want to how do you monitor this? That's it. How do you monitor this situation? How can you prevent this from happening? Like you said, you find a Canadian and come in and, you know, but okay. So you're not going to get it through Ticketmaster, which good seats still available. So you go to StubHub, you go to some of these secondary markets, you go ahead and you do that. Okay, fine. Uh, they're still going to be in the building. So pretty crazy. Hold on. Do you think we can ask Jerry the dentist to buy us some tickets and <laughs> sell them? That's, that's, some, that's a great moneymaker right there. There it is, right? No doubt. All right, those are some terrible Tuesday takes for you right here. If you got some, hit me.
at uh, TC Martin 21. We come back. Chuck Esposito is going to join us. We talk betting on the playoffs. <laughs> Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. TC Martin. Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers are going to get it on tonight in game number one. Cannot wait! Hey, hey, hey. The Steph-LeBron rivalry what you got continues. Oh yes, we remember those great series, huh? Between the Warriors and the Cavs. You know who's dominating those series? That'd be Steph Curry. That would be the Warriors. Yes, I know. There was... One year when the Warriors lost to the Cavaliers, four games to three. But remember, the Warriors were leading three games to one. Draymond Green got suspended in that game five. We know what happened after that. But when you go back and you look at the matchup between LeBron and Steph, look look what happened. And They were pretty one-sided in those situations. 2015, Golden State defeats Cleveland four games to two. 2016, four games to three. That was the one where uh, Cleveland came back and, and won after being down 3-1. But after that, Warriors in 2018, four games to one. Then they sweep them the following year uh, after that. And uh, what happened there? That caused LeBron to run away from Cleveland. <laughs> We're going to have some fun with this. Looking forward to it, especially after the Warriors, after that uh, big emotional series over the Kings, the seven-game series. Lakers a little bit more rested, but the Warriors do have the home court advantage here, and it starts tonight at 7 o'clock in San Francisco. And the betting may surprise some people. And we're going to break all that down with our very good friend who is at Red Rock making it all happen on a daily basis, Chuck Esposito. What is up, my friend? I'm good, T. Just uh, getting ready for the next round of the NBA and NHL. See how, uh, if we're going to be rooting for VGK or rooting against them, a little bit different series where they're actually the the underdog in this series, yet having the best record in the Western Conference. All right. <laughs> we get into all that uh, with Chuck Esposito here today, Chuck. But let's first start with uh, a NFL draft recap with the props, with everything else. And again, I know it's a, it's a big time and you are the, the draft Nick as, uh, as we call you and you call yourself there. Uh, talk about last Thursday, Friday and Saturday at the book. It was uh, interesting to say the least. I think, you know, the drafts become such a big event right now that, you know, you saw, uh, Three quarterbacks go really early. You saw a number of trades happen. There were some teams that, you know, we felt had phenomenal drafts and we actually lowered them a little bit on the future book and some teams that didn't. Uh, we, um, you know, overall the draft props were a very small loser for the day and it really came down to one prop and that was over or under uh, one and a half running backs selected in the first round. We knew that Robinson would go in the first round, but, you know, he was rumored to go anywhere from eighth at the earliest, maybe Atlanta, where he did go, to anywhere in the mid-teens to late-teens to early-twenties. I think the Lions, you know, taking Gibbs, um, you know, at number 12 was, was a shocker. But unfortunately, uh, betting public was right on that one. Uh, it did go over one and a half, and uh, they did well on that ticket. But felt the Texans, uh, the Eagles um, were both teams that we uh, thought really helped themselves a lot uh, in the draft. And, and we lowered the odds on, on them and, and raised a few teams as well. Like Commanders we raised, uh, the Cardinals we raised, uh, the Titans we raised. We also lowered the Seahawks. thought the Seahawks had a really, really good draft. And I think you look at the NFC West tee, and Cardinals and Rams seem to be kind of in full rebuild. And as good as the Niners roster is, we don't know how healthy or when Brock Purdy exactly will be back. Teams are going to have a lot more tape on him now to know what his strengths and weaknesses are. Um, you know, the, Trey Lance hasn't really played a full year going on, I think, four years now because he didn't play at all the last year in college. He opted out. He's been injured for back-to-back years in the pros. Um, and you've got Sam Darnold, who's playing on his third team in three years. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty there. And I really think the Seahawks had one of the best drafts in the league. You're right. They, they did. Uh, Chuck, you know, just kind of overall, when you're talking about moving you know, future lines for these teams, you know, after the draft or during the draft. I mean, how reactionary 
uh, you know, do you do you really have to be? Because remember, these guys haven't stepped on a field yet. You don't know if if these guys are going to be immediate contributors. And like I always say, you can't even you know grade a draft until after three years. I mean, so I, I get this. Is this more about of what the you know the public you know is is is, is hit, hitting you with with maybe some large future bets, or are you just saying okay, let's look at this draft board here and let's make these adjustments? I mean, again, how reactionary do you have to be for just you know? Uh, the selection process when the guys hadn't even reported to training camp yet? I think it's a combination of both, T. Um, you know, we're definitely in an information era. And, you know, every single day now, you know, you've seen since the draft and during the draft, uh, the so-called expert analysis of how teams did, both good and bad. And, you know, the the, the guests on the other side of the counter, they're kind of hearing and seeing the same thing. I think when you look at the, the NFL and the expanded playoff format, you're looking at kind of big picture and, and where these guys are projected out. You're absolutely right. I mean, even teams now that we think, you know, uh, last year Denver was such a kind of a vogue team that everybody bet going into the season, and we see how that first year worked out with Russell Wilson, and then other teams that people don't think are going to do very well, like Seattle, did really well. So it's a lot of unknown, but we're just kind of projecting out, looking at at teams that we thought really helped themselves. I mean, I think you look at, uh, you know, a team like Seattle, who was able to pick up Weatherspoon in the first round, the best, um, you know, corner, the highest ranked quarter, was able to pick up JSN to add to Lockett and and Metcalf, uh, Charbonneau to to add to Kenny Walker in the backfield. I think they did a lot of really uh, haul to get an edge rusher, which they needed from Auburn. I think they did a lot of things well, and I think we kind of look at that too. You're right. You don't know how these guys are going to pan out, but we're still kind of adjusting it based on what we felt helped or didn't help a team. Um, And we're moving teams up and down the draft or up and down our future board um, based on that. And, of course, our guests on the other side of the counter, they'll let us know if the lines are too high or too low by the way they bet them. And, uh, you know, they did it on some of those props. And, you know, we've already seen some action on the future book as well. Was there any adjustments made on your end with uh, the Raiders after their nine selections? You know, there was not at this point. I, I still think, you know, um, they, they. I was a little surprised by their first pick. Uh, I like Tyree Wilson a lot. We know he's coming off the foot injury. I really thought corner, when you play in a division um, with uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, that you really needed more help on the back end. That really seemed to me to be their Achilles heel last year. Uh, no, Wilson's a, a really talented guy, and there was chatter early on that he could go before Will Anderson. Um, but uh, that, to me, I, I really felt was their big need, and they passed on it. I thought overall their draft was pretty good. I like, uh, um, you know, I, I love the second pick of Mayer after dealing, um, you know, the tight end of the offseason um, to the Giants. But uh, um, we'll see if, if not addressing that corner in the first or second round with one of those guys that it's a kind of a plug and play physical corner ends up hurting the Raiders or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trevor Match will be joining us at the top of the hour. We'll be breaking down all of these picks uh, by the Raiders over the weekend. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock uh, as we now talk uh, NBA and NHL playoffs. Chuck, let's first start with the Lakers and the Warriors matchup. Uh, I, I was a little bit curious about the, the line that was set here for this series, especially when you go back, say, to the first round series where the Sacramento Kings were the three seed, the Warriors were the six seed, but the Warriors, as we talked about before, before the series started, a very heavy favorite, or right around the 270, 280 range, and they didn't have home court advantage. So now they get by the Kings, they're facing the Lakers, which I understand, very, very <coughs> public, popular team when it comes to betting, and when you do have LeBron James, you look at this, the Warriors have home court advantage here as the higher seed and they open like around a dollar 65 or so in some places got bet down to only a dollar 50 i i see there's some value here with the defending champs um there is t uh you know we've seen some of that action as well i i think ever since the lakers were you know anywhere from 100 to 1 to 150 or 200 to 1 industry-wide in late november um, they've been kind of that Vogue team that everybody bet. Um, you know, I think because of the value, our close proximity to Southern California, um, you know, I think we all kind of maybe underestimated them a bit. 
They come out of the first playoff series. Um, there, there is liability on the Lakers. There's no question. I think not only with us, but I, you know, I've heard industry wide. So they're definitely a team that we're rooting against right now. Warriors are, you know, kind of a small, small favorite in Game One. Ticket count favors the Warriors just slightly. I'll just be curious to see who we kind of need throughout each game um, if the public kind of shifts off that a little bit. Um, but early action on the series price was clearly um, on the Lakers getting that plus price. All right. So you got the Warriors a dollar fifty favorite. You got plus money on the Lakers, and then game one tonight we see the number right around four, four and a half in favor of Golden State. Chuck, uh, some thoughts and where's the money going in this game? Yeah, the number seems to be creeping up a little bit, T, industry-wide. Um, again, ticket count does favor um, the Warriors a little bit in this one, and we're starting to see um, a little bit of action come in on that side. Uh, not enough to kind of push us up yet, but it looks like uh, we might get this game a little bit higher than what it currently is. And I know this would probably be ideal if it was a Western Conference final or, you know, especially when you got Steph and LeBron, especially with the Lakers and the Warriors and the history and everything there. But, uh, I mean, you couldn't ask really for a, a better series coming up here because I would anticipate not only are you going to get a lot of action, but I think you're going to get a lot of two-way action here from game to game. That'll be the key, T. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it in the NBA where the, the zigzag theory kind of applies a little bit based on what happens in the, in the first two games. If, if the home team kind of holds serve and then you go on the road, um, you see action on that, on that road team going back home. But I think for our side, outside of any liability we have on the future book, having Lakers Warriors is great. I mean, it's definitely, you know, being the late game every night, it's going to drum up some action. There's going to be a lot of stuff tied um, into those two teams going into the late games. Um, so Lakers Warriors for us is definitely a win-win. All right. What are you seeing with uh, game number two tonight at the Garden as the Knicks are hosting the Heat? And we saw what Miami did in that first round. Man, they, they just kept on going in game number one, taking care of the Knicks. We know Jimmy Butler has got that injury. Uh, he was at the shoot-around today. It looks like indications that he will play, unless you've got some some uh, some other news uh, that's more updated here, Chuck. But we look at this game tonight, and the Knicks, you know, a big favorite, right around the seven, seven-and-a-half-point range, right? And this is uh, I, I, probably popular for, like you said, the bounce back, the zigzag theory happening, but... I don't know about you, but if Jimmy Butler is is hitting the court, I I I don't want to go against him. I mean, it just seems like this Miami Heat team, they've got guys that have actually been in these playoff situations before where the Knicks really don't, even though the, the Knicks have the home court. Well, there's been a lot of enthusiasm for the Knicks in the postseason, you know, getting the Knicks to win a playoff series. You could just tell that there was an elevated level of excitement, you know, basketball in New York. I think losing the first game, this becomes kind of a must game for them. And that's why you're seeing ticket counts probably about three to one, um, in favor of the Knicks here, T. Um, I, I know the Jimmy Butler factor, but Miami's kind of done what they intended to do. And that is they've sold home court now. Right. Um, so this is a must game for the Knicks. I don't think they can afford to fall behind 2-0 in this season. Um, in this series, uh, we're going to be Heat fans tonight, uh, when this game tips off. No question. And I imagine, uh, Chuck, that you were, uh, Sixers fans last night as uh, the Sixers won the game outright over the Celtics as a, as a nine and a half or ten point favorite in that game, despite no Joel Embiid. Uh, how'd that work out for you last night? Worked out really well, T. Anytime you've got a kind of a prohibitive dog on the road, um, winning, you know, like either game one of a series or game seven of a series, um, it's usually always good for us. On the flip side, I know we'll get to it and we'll talk about the NHL having, you know, um, Florida go into the Garden and win that game, and having, of course, the Kraken upset the defending champions. You know, both uh, good outcomes for our side of the counter as well. No doubt about it. Phoenix and Denver, too, Chuck. You would think, you know, we know Phoenix opened the favor despite, you know, having the first two games on the road. Now they find themselves down 2 nothing. Uh, where do you think this goes? You know, see, I don't know. I think, you know, Denver just kind of was under the radar all year, although the number one seed in the West um, just didn't get the same love. And I think when you looked at being out West and being there with the Suns, Lakers, and Warriors, you kind of understand why a little bit. They've got the talent. They played so well this year. They're well-balanced. But I think you looked at it and, hey, it's got to be Lakers, Warriors, Suns coming out of the West. And I think that's the reason you saw them be kind of a bet against a bit. They were actually a good score for us with them winning that game. 
Kind of curious to see how the public bets this series um, the rest of the way right now. But Suns will be back home, uh, must win for them um, going back home and, and having an opportunity to, um, to, to really kind of make this a series or not. They're a little bit banged up. We saw CP3 get banged up a little bit, but we'll see how it all works out. All right, the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs, we go into the second round, the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers, both teams uh, pretty rested and uh, ready to go tomorrow night uh, here at T-Mobile Arena, Chuck. And the Edmonton Oilers, despite uh, being the road team, they're the favorites in the series, a slight one, right? Uh, how much Golden Knights money are you seeing? Well, sorry, I'm losing my voice a bit, T, but I'm, I'm sorry, it's too, an interesting buddy. series. It's an interesting series because... Edmonton in the last two years is undefeated in T-Mobile. They're 4-0. They've won six of the last eight games during the regular season against the Knights. So they've really kind of dominated a bit. From the business side of it, we're always rooting against VGK. I'm curious to see how this series works out. Right. Chuck, well, I appreciate you powering through this. Obviously, man, uh, you're fighting it there. Uh, I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you big time, my friend. Too much, man. Yeah, no, no problem. Hey, just just relax. Have have, have yourself a good uh, good night. Enjoy the action, man. And uh, we'll talk. All to right. you. We'll talk to you next week, brother. All right, thanks, buddy. Sorry about that. No worries. All good. I appreciate Chuck Esposito powering through that uh, down a little bit under the weather today, but giving us some strong stuff there, some strong information, no doubt about it. And we look at the Golden Knights against the Edmonton Oilers. Man, this is going to be a great series. Remember, both teams finished very, very strong in the regular season. The Oilers, you know, had that big streak, 10-game win streak down the stretch. And uh, now, look what we got. We've got the Golden Knights, and we got the Edmonton Oilers, and they're going to get it on here Wednesday night. Look for a high-scoring series. And for me, I want to see what the Golden Knights do defensively to slow down Connor McDavid and the rest of uh, – those Oilers and Broussois. How good is he going to be in this scenario? Look at you, Nubchuck. This isn't even the Bee Gees. What, what, you give me the Japanese Bee Gees? Is that what you're doing here? I kind of watch Bullet Train. Bullet Train! Yes! Yeah. I remember when uh, the movie came out, I gave the you, review and I talked about this. You said that it yeah. was the greatest, like you loved this song that I, came out. I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Staying Alive, but the way they did that, yeah. Yeah. It was a little, little different rendition. So, there you go. Why are you so late watching Bullet Train? I kind of work all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said kind of, because that's what you do you. Kind of work. You know who doesn't kind of work? Trevor effing Maddich. Trevor Maddich, the 15-time Emmy Award winner. Nobody breaks it down better than Trevor Maddich when it comes to football. And probably food, too, next to me. But Trevor knows these players. Scouts them. All the info. All the tape. Watched them live for three, four years of college. He's going to break it down for us, the NFL draft, the winners, the losers, and each Raider pick we're going to talk about from my man Trevor Maddich. We continue on. Terrible Tuesday.